Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends. And as we're recording this on April 20th, 761,000 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 with more than 41,000 deaths in the United States alone. And it's been about four times that many worldwide. Last week, we talked to epidemiologist Larry Brilliant about what it takes to end a pandemic, the end of the beginning, as Winston Churchill said. The statistics show that physical distancing is working, but now we have to make some big decisions about when to reopen the economy and get back to a version of normal. It feels like a delicate balance, one that I'd like to talk with our guest about today. Dr. Crystal Watson is a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. She recently co-wrote a report for the American Enterprise Institute titled National Coronavirus Response, A Roadmap to Reopening. Her work centers on public health risk assessment and risk-based decision-making. Welcome to Science Rules, Dr. Watson. May I call you Crystal? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill, for having me on. Okay. I have just a fundamental overall big picture question. What are we talking about? Opening the economy? <laughs> what? Everybody, I mean, my goodness, apparently 10% of the people in the U.S. have been exposed, and some substantial fraction of them have been seriously ill, and a substantial fraction of them have died. For crying out loud, what's going to happen when 50% of the nation is exposed, or 50% of North America? My goodness. All right. With that said, give me your take on this. Reopening the economy. Yeah, that seems to be the focus right now. And in a lot of ways, you can't blame people. There are a lot of people out of work around this country, a lot of people that are just kind of getting by. And so I understand why we want to reopen. We heard this uh, 
conversation coming from a long way off. So the reason we put out this report was to try and analyze how we could reopen more safely. What capacities did we need to build in order to do that? And what kind of indicators can we have to reopen the economy and not have this resurgence of cases that could be much worse, as you just indicated, than our initial surge we've experienced so far? How do we decide it's time to reopen or try to reopen or consider a phase or what have you? We decided there were about there were four phases of this approach to reopening. The first phase is suppression of this virus. That's the phase we're in now. That's these kind of blunt social distancing measures applied at the population level to try and reduce transmission of the virus. And that's been effective, right? People have kept apart. Yeah. We are seeing that it is it is having an, an effect. It needs to be sustained for a while longer, though. So we're not ready to let up on those yet. How, how long is a while? Yeah, it's it's going to look different in different parts of the country because we're kind of at different phases in our individual epidemics of this in different locations. Um, but there are a couple of indicators that I think we can use to say we're ready to maybe start moving into the next phase. The first one is that we need a sustained reduction in reported cases each day for about two weeks. That's all? Well, it's just one indicator. The next thing we need to see is that hospitals are able to handle the patients that they're seeing, that they're not in a crisis mode. They're not using what we call crisis standards of care, which is different from the everyday operations that that you would expect from a hospital. They're opening new wards. They're um, maybe not able to provide as much medical care as they would under normal circumstances. So in other words, a criterion for reopening the economy is we're not overwhelming hospitals. In other words, we accept that people are going to get sick and people are going to die, but we just don't want too many at once. That's like a, that's a criterion. That's how serious this thing is. Yeah, it is a really important criterion as well. Um, what we're seeing in other countries is the death rates do really skyrocket when hospitals are overwhelmed. Uh, when patients can't get all of the care that they need, that's when death rates go up. All right. So that's two of the criteria. Then we're still in the mm -hmm. suppression phase, right? Yeah. So still before we can move into this next phase of gradually lifting physical distancing measures, we need to build some capacities. I know you've talked already about the need for testing. Um, so we need to have much more widespread testing around this country and much more available testing. Um, what we need is to be able to test anyone with symptoms of COVID-19 um, to see if they have the virus. So that's, is that the second phase? That's still in the first phase. This is getting ready for the second phase. Wow. Because um, we're not even close. We're not close. I think these are, these are achievable. It's going to take some hard work, but it's going to take work before we get there. The last thing that we need to do, and this is also very important, is to um, build our public health capacity to identify cases and do contact tracing of every case. I know Dr. Brilliant talked to you a little bit about this on, on that last episode, um, but that is a critical capability in order to know where this is spreading and to break chains of transmission between people. If we can find these contacts of cases and put them in home quarantine before they get are symptomatic and or start spreading the virus to others. That's how we break chains of transmission and slow the spread of this virus. So do you recommend that we have uh, an app, for example, how many people you've come in contact with? 
Yeah. So uh, what I first recommend is that we need to increase our workforce dramatically to do contact tracing. Um, apps are going to be helpful in this, but they alone can't solve the problem. Well, somebody's got to write the, the app. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody's yes, got to store do. the data. I mean, you can't just, yeah. oh, here's an app. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Not only that, but when someone's identified as a case or a contact, they need follow-up from public health because not all contacts are equal. Um, so if I'm standing five feet apart for someone from someone, that's not um, as concerning as if I was in prolonged direct contact with someone that was symptomatic. That's still phase one, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what's phase two? So once we have those indicators and those capacities in place, that is when we can start in a phased way of, of lifting those physical distancing measures. Um, this, this is going to probably take some trial and error because we, we don't know exactly what businesses and what environments are going to make us more susceptible to surges in, in uh, viral transmissions. So what do you call that phase? What's, what's the name of that phase? Yeah, so this is the, the gradual reopening phase. So suppression, gradual reopening. Mm -hmm. Then what's next after that? The next phase is really immune protection. So um, phase two, when we're, we're gradually reopening things, we're hopefully managing the virus at a very low level in our society. We can't totally probably get rid of it. Um, but once we get to having a safe and effective vaccine and enough of that vaccine um, to vaccinate our population, that's where we get immune protection. Um, and once we have that, then we can start to reopen things more fully and get back to what we would have considered a, a normal. Well, that's two years away, isn't it? Something like that. Possibly, yeah. possibly. Then what's phase four? Phase four is the one that I love to talk about, but most people don't want to think about right now. It's preparing for the next pandemic. Uh -huh. Oh my. This is not the worst case scenario we've uh, talked about. And so we need to understand what went right and more importantly, what went, went wrong in this response. And we need to do it better the next time. Fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. Absolutely. We'll be back right after this. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service. 
Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. What we can hopefully do in this pandemic is prevent that big surge of a second wave of cases from happening. If we can manage this on a case-by-case basis, which a number of other countries are doing very well right now. So you're telling Um, me if if I have the better part of a million people infected, you want to manage every one of those infections, every person? Yeah. um, Some of the suppression phase with the, the physical distancing measures is to bring that caseload down to a more manageable level, um, which is why I think we're not ready to move into phase two yet. Um, But yes, and that's why we need to hire an army of contact tracers across the country. How many, how big is an army? Yeah, we estimate that we need at least 100,000 people doing this work across the country. (laughs) A hundred, that's, uh, those coughs were for comedic effect. A (laughs) hundred thousand people. Okay, how many, what's, the, that's like every third person in the U.S., every 30th person, every 30th person. Yeah. Well, we have some precedent for this. So uh, in the city of Wuhan, where this uh, pandemic began, they hired um, the equivalent of what would be about 265,000 people in the U.S. So they hired 9,000 people just for the city of Wuhan, China to do this work. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I've only been to China once. I was there for a few weeks. Very cool. It's a much more of a top-down centralized government, right, than we have here. We have people unprotected wandering around doing their beach thing. It's, It's Different states have different rules, right? It's true. We have another example in the U.S. already. Uh, The state of Massachusetts has hired a thousand people just for that state to do contact tracing. Are these medically trained people? What are they? Uh, So it it really can be a mix of people. So it could be retired doctors and nurses, um, public health officials, but it can also be lay people. Um, contact tracing is resource intensive, but it's not highly technical. And so we can train people quickly to do this. So our idea is that we also hire people maybe who have lost their jobs to COVID-19, that they could get involved in this. Can the health system that we have now do this? Could the health system hire 100,000 people and start contact tracing here in the States? Um. I think we can. Uh, it's going to take some commitment, both from the federal government um, to embrace this, to provide financial support for states. They can't do this alone. And uh, states states are going to need to figure out creative ways to do this. Massachusetts, for example, has partnered with a non-governmental organization to, to hire their workers. So it looks different in different parts of the country how this is, can happen. Do we need a coronavirus czar Mm -hmm. to organize things? I think it would be helpful to have a plan from the federal government. Um, 
giving guidance to states. I do think, so contact tracing is going to happen at the local and state level. That's, that's how this will work. Uh, but a plan, uh, a vision, funding, and maybe some technical support from agencies like the, the CDC would be very helpful to, to public health agents. How do you feel about the task force that we do have? Uh, right now, I'm quite frustrated. Uh, especially I can hear with it in this- your voice, doctor. <laughs> With this reopening plan, um, I was very hopeful that they would they would mention contact tracing, uh, and they did mention it, but it was not a staple of the plan. It was kind of left up to states and locals. So, um, I don't think they realize quite what the tool that they have here. If if we could implement this across the country, this is really the way to manage this pandemic. Okay, hang on a second. Who's who's they? And what are the, the tools? White House, so the task force. Mm-hmm. So if we could build the capacity to do case finding and contact tracing across this country, uh, that's how we manage this on an ongoing basis and make it much, much safer to reopen businesses. So uh, one of the questions, I, I, I was uh, greatly influenced by the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. because... Uh, the Cowardly Lion uh, has a song in which he asks the question that I think we've all asked. If I were king of the forest, if you were in charge, <laughs> if you could just sweeping change, magic, Harry Potter, what what is something you would want? Is there a thing that you would recommend or a group of things? Um, I would want coordination of both contact tracing and testing across the country done immediately. Um, I, I think the, the lack of centralized coordination, particularly for testing where we need to procure uh, tests and, and organize international supply chains, um, that really is the role for the federal government. And so I, I would like to see that happen. So what, what supply chains do we need to supply? Is this the mythic thing, personal protection equipment, PPE? Yeah. So there's PPE. That's absolutely necessary. Um, That would really help also for testing itself, uh, both the tests and components of the tests. So the nasal swabs you hear a lot about on the news, um, those are in short supply in many places. So why are they in short supply? Is it because they're treated, they have some reagent on them, or they're just Q-tips that we can't get hold of. Yeah, it's a it's using a, a specific material, um, and that's just not manufactured on this scale. And um, right now, governors and local uh, testing facilities are kind of competing with each other across the country to get these supplies. They're outbidding each other. It's just not a great system. So if to you're try if you're making this. if you're out there in s- making swabs, yeah. and you get a call from Louisiana. Isn't it first come, first served? But you're telling me 10 minutes later, Arkansas calls and they'll offer you 10% more? Yeah, it's it's not a system that's working too well right now, I don't think. Wow. Uh, It seems to me we have to work this problem from both ends. That is to say, the main thing, of course, is to get everyone to listen to this podcast. I mean, that's clearly obvious that (laughs) this is the key to our future. But that aside, we also have to I believe, as voters and taxpayers, encourage our representatives to take the appropriate steps. 
Are, is there one or two or three things you'd like people to know about reopening the economy? I want people to know that we can, to some extent, reopen the economy. Where It's not going to look exactly like it did before this hit in March. Um, it's not like an on-off switch. It's more like a dimmer switch. So some of the things we're used to will come back. Some will come back in a very modified way. Um, we can do this, but first we really have to put these capacities in place in order to do it safely. So we need to test more widely and we need to do contact tracing. Uh, that, that is the bottom line here. And if we can do that, we can get through this. Contact tracing, more testing. Get your congressional representative to make sure this gets done. Dr. Watson, this has been cool. Thank you so much for taking the time and providing us these insights. And I can hear it. You're a little frustrated. But it's people like, <laughs> <I'm passionate too. laughs> it's people like you that are going to get us through this. So thank you so much uh, for thank taking you. the time. Uh, you, uh, our guest today has been Dr. Crystal Watson. She's a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. She recently co-wrote the paper, uh, the report for the American Enterprise Institute, the National Coronavirus Response, a Roadmap to Reopening. Thank you so much. Now, we have a tradition here on the show. We listen to a voicemail from one of our listeners. Uh, so uh, if we can, let's roll that digital recording. Bill, this is Gail in Taylor, Texas. I do not have a question. I just want to say thank you so much for being there. I've followed you for years and am happy to have done so. Bye, dear. Wow. Uh, Gail, thank you. She calls me dear, Dr. Watson. Check it out. Thank you, <laughs> Gail. It. It's people like you, Gail, getting educated that are going to make this work. Everybody, we are all in this together. This is a pandemic, and so more than ever, science rules. If you like science rules, and I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out and helps other people learn about the show. Thank you. If you'd like to leave us a message, a voicemail, you may remember this technology. The phone number is 201-472-0785. 4720785. We can do this, people. We can get through this. Uh, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is a production of Witness Docs at Stitcher. The show is produced by Stephanie Karayuki, Dan Bloom, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer is once again Luz Fleming who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks again to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer here at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, everyone, science rules. One more thing. No, three more things. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Thank you. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.